When we first met Abraham, it was, let's see, it was on January 5th, and it was in Genesis chapter 12. And the first thing that God says to Abraham is, leave your country and your people and your father's house and go to a land that I will show you. You can read that several ways, that I will show you. And so with that, it was an invitation. But Abraham, when he took God up on it, did have no idea where that was going to land. And you know what? Neither do we. We don't know where life is going to land tomorrow. And I would rather be on the path with God and know that if I follow in his footsteps, he is with me every step of the way, than blaze my own trail. How about you? Yeah. And this is the promises that God made to Abraham. I'll bless you. I will bless you. You you step out. You trust me. I'll bless you. And not only that, I'll make you a blessing. And you know what Abraham did? He stood on the crossroads and he said yes to God. The proverb for the day that's on the page of January 10th, which will be our study today, is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Easier said than done. Say that to your neighbor. That's easier said than done. That's easier said than done. Trust in the Lord with all, with me, all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. That's stupid. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. How do you go a path? A step at a time. A step at a time. So here we we are in January 10th. Chapter 24, verse 1, Abraham was now old. When we first met him, way back when, he was 75 years old. Now, if we look at this scene, he's approximately in the 130 range. You can say that's old. Yeah, that's old. And he had lived a long life. And this is what it says. Abraham was now old and well advanced in years. And the Lord had blessed him. In every way. Now, as we go through this text, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to kind of press you in of how to dig out treasures. I hope everyone has a pen in your hand, do you? If you don't, get one out. Get a blank page before you so you can take notes. And I love to write in my Bible. That's why I have to get a new one every year. So I I circled... I circled the words every way. And remember, those of you that have been reading, Abraham faced some serious crossroads, some serious crises. God made him a promise, but then he had to wait a painfully long time. How about you? Ever been there? Ever been there where you felt like, Like you read your Bible and there's promises for you, but you're waiting, so waiting so long. But I'll tell you, and and this is true of my phase of life. I can look back on my life 
And I could look at every point that I did trust God. And those are my favorites. Those are the highlights. And God was faithful. I might not have been. And Abraham wasn't always. But drumroll, glory to God, God was. Every step of the way. And he said to his chief servant of his household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear, listen to how Abraham talks about God. Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of earth. That encompasses what? Everything. Swear by that God that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant asked him, what if the woman is unwilling to come back with, with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? Make sure that you do not take my son back there. Abraham said, the Lord, again, notice how he talks about God. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land and who spoke to me and promised me on oath, saying, to your offspring, I will give this land. He, and if you write in your Bible, underline this, this is pretty interesting. This is a confidence that, that Abraham had. He, meaning God, he will send his angel before you so that you will get a wife from my, for my son from there. If the woman's unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only don't take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham and swore on oath to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took two of the master's camels and left, taking with him all kinds of good things from the master. The journey was approximately 480 miles. You can say, well, he set out for Aram Naharam and made his way to the town of Nahor. He had the camels kneel down near the well outside the town It was toward evening, the time that the women go out to draw water. Then he prayed. Then he prayed. O Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing here beside this spring. And the daughters of the town people are coming out to draw water. Who, who is this mystery girl? May it be that when I say to a girl, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too, let her be the one you've chosen for your servant Isaac. By this thou all know that you, you have shown kindness to my master. Okay, we're going to back up the truck, and all of you should have a bookmark by now. Leaders, if, if the newcomers don't have a bookmark, please give them one. 
And on the bookmark, there's the questions. And I like to remind myself of the questions. Okay, what's our assignment? What's our goal? What are we looking for in this story? And there's four primary questions. We need to be on a quest for God. God, where are you? What's this about to you? What's your character? What's your ways? What do I learn about life? What do I learn about myself? And what can I apply? Okay, black backing up the truck. Here's this first assignment where Abraham, at this age, he sees that his wife is now dead. And it's time for Isaac to marry because this line, according to God's promises, must go on. It's time to get a wife. And so he's going to send his, his servant, his trusted, loyal servant, who he's trusted so many th- with so many things, but this is the big one. And this is the assignment. Don't take a wife from the girls around here. And why would that be? Why would that ever be? Well, uh, about a month ago, a good friend of mine has a daughter who's 24. And this daughter wanted to come and visit us. But when she showed up, she showed up with boy, man, man. And um, I'm glad I didn't know this piece of information before they came to visit us for five days. Um, But, um, of course, they weren't married. This was just a friend from work. But he was not a believer. And my, my friend's daughter grew up in a godly home. She knew God's heart. But she had gone through a season where she felt like God wasn't speaking to her personally. And she was in kind of a desert. And, of course, she was looking around like, is there anyone for me? And she met this guy from work. And he, he well, actually, he lives here and she lives in Russia. And they started Skyping and, and just talking about everything. And then she became bonded with him. And um, why is that dangerous? Why is that dangerous? I had to control myself. I felt like mama bear. <laughs> Get this guy out of this house. Um, but uh, what, what is this about? Why would God not want God, godly people to marry people that do not know the Lord? As Jason said yesterday, why is sin bad? Is it bad because God says it? Or is, does God say it because it's bad? This is the address that all women must know. It's from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. You shall not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what communion does light have with darkness? Now, Abraham's story included a nephew called Lot. And Lot had left their family home and left their country. Abraham was married, but it appears that Lot wasn't. Oh, we know Lot's wife. We do know her. She has quite a story, don't we? But you know what? We do not meet Lot's wife until chapter 19, when it was time to leave Sodom. It appears to me that Lot married a woman from Sodom. Why did she look back? When the angels came to rescue them? Because that was her world. That was her world. She didn't have a God world. 
She didn't know to trust him. She didn't know that God's plans are to escape us from wickedness. Why did her daughters, why were they engaged to non-Christians, non-godly men at that time, men who did not want to leave Sodom? Because she was raising them. And then when they escaped, and it was just the three of them, the two daughters and dad, they got him drunk and then had children by their father who became the Moabites and the Ammonites. What a string of disaster and heartbreak and tragedy. Abraham did not want this to happen to his son, so he sent his servant. His servant loaded these camels, and he was going on this mission. And Abraham said, listen, this is not a natural mission. Because when God is in something, when we're walking out his ways, he will make sure, he'll see to it, one way or the other, that we are supported. And he has supernatural resources. He does. Angels are real. And the Bible tells us two important pieces of information. One, that they're messengers, that God sends messages through angels, well, actually tells a few things. Sometimes we don't recognize them. We can entertain an angel unaware. So there might be many moments when angels show up and we don't know it. And then Hebrews tell us, tells us that angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who inherit eternal life. So we don't know what all this angel did, but we do know that an angel, at least one, was present. He takes 10 camels. They travel 480 miles. Camels can go weeks without drinking, but I know for sure when they landed at Nahor, they were 10 thirsty camels, and they were looking real ragged. And you know, this servant, he was a smart guy. He was running all of Abraham's household. He was smart. He was, he was diligent. He probably knew how to organize. He could have hit town and sent out a posse. We are going to find a relative of him, of, of this Abraham, and we're going to take her home. Because we got money and we have to bribe her. We're going to take her home. We're going to do this mission. That is not what he did. He got to the city gates, and he knew this choice, this particular choice, was important. And maybe he had a second-hand faith where he believed in God because Abraham believed in God, but this was a moment he needed God. And you know what? He chose, he chose to let God do something that only God can do. And he prayed. And he said, God, I know this is kind of crazy. I've got ten dying of thirst camels who each one of them can drink 40 gallons at a time. Do the math. 400 gallons. I'm looking for the girl (laughs) who will give me a drink. But not only that but offers to water these camels. 
Because I'm telling you, if I find a girl like that, she'd be one you want to take home. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, talking to the single girls right now, and uh, while we're waiting for the one, while we're waiting for the right one, let God make you the right one. You're looking for Mr. Awesome, Godly, on fire for God man, who you can trust because he trusts God. Be Mrs. Godly, on fire for God woman. Amen? Who can say a glory to God? Hallelujah. Yeah, that's an amen on that. And he prayed and he asked God for success. He didn't go out and pursue his own success. You let God choose, he picks right. He sees to it. He does radical things. And so, we're going to pause. We're going to stop for just a moment. And I'm going to ask you to write down two things that you learned from God. This is scene one. There's many places that you can walk around in this story. What do you learn about God? What do you learn about life? What do you learn in this story that's speaking to your heart? That's prompting you, that's warning you. And the best way to do it is to ask questions. Maybe you put your, 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 your feet in the shoes. Would I have watered 480 camels? I mean, 400, no, 40, 40, 400 Gallons of water for thirsty camels for a total stranger? Would I give a cup of cold water to a total stranger? Okay, two things that you learn. Okay, what we've just done is you've looked at some things, and hopefully as we were going along, you were underlining a few, a few places. And I want to encourage you, what you just did, to at least in your quiet time every day, at least write down one thing. It can be maybe a portion of Scripture. And sometimes I start with that and then circle some words and maybe look up a a scripture that it reminds me of. And write at least a piece every day in your journal. And that's what these notebooks are for. Okay, leaders, you can just launch into a discussion. And um, what do you learn?
Okay, we're going to pick it up, reel you back, and we're going to take dovetail the, the next part of the story. And so in this next part, it's longer. It's the finishing up. It's the conclusion. It's the wonderful um, end of the adventure. In this section, I'm going to challenge you again to all keep a pen in hand. And um, last, last time, I challenged people to... Uh, uh, my favorite marker is my yellow pen. Because it, with my yellow pen, I'm looking for God. And I mark every time I see the name of the Lord. I mark if he's called God Almighty. I yellow highlight God Almighty. But I also highlight all the pronouns, like he, and um, when God is speaking, when it's I, because I want to really get the blueprint of God. So keep your pen in hand and underline and circle. Now stir up your curiosity and think about how interesting some of these moments are. Let's backtrack a minute. To, to verse 4. Again, possibly this servant had a second-hand relationship with God. All that he knew about God was through watching Abraham's life and hearing Abraham talk about God. And sadly, I see a lot of Christians that are in that state. And truthfully, that's what happened to my little friend that visited at my house. She felt like all of her information of God was coming secondhand. And she wasn't discovering how to have a direct me and God time. And here, the servant's out on his own, and there's no time like the present. Say that with me. There's no time like the present. Tomorrow morning, for you girls, there's no time like the present. And you need to take some specific, can you imagine how many specific things are going on in your life and you have not specifically asked God for specific direction? I I find that true with all. I challenge you to do what he did. He says, oh God, he prays out. God, show this kindness. Verse 13, he says, see. Please circle that word, see. He is asking God to see him. It's him alone and God right now. And he asked that this woman would be kind. That's what this meant. That she would know how to pick up after her own self. That she would serve. That she would recognize weariness in others. That she would be a real person. Because he had a load of stuff. She was going to be in hours. Soon to be a very rich woman. And sometimes that's bad for a woman's soul. Who will say amen to that? Poverty's not easy on us. (laughs) But riches can ruin us. And so, let's take it up again. Verse 15. Before he had finished praying. Oh, I wish God answered my prayers. That's quick. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Before we finish praying, he's working on it. Sometimes he has to work on us 
in the process. Do you know that? Yeah. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jaw on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor. But he doesn't know that yet. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever laid with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. Beauty is as beauty does. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water. Remember, this man is probably old like Abraham. Nothing to look at. Dusty, dusty. He doesn't look rich. 480 miles through the desert. What's her quick response? Drink, my Lord. How kind and sweet she is. And quickly lowered the jar to her hands. Now, I'm not going to give you any clues in this next little section. But please look for your own lessons. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water, and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man, the servant, watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. When all the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring, rain a becca, and two gold bracelets weighing ten shekels. Then he asked, Who da- Whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? He's not showing any of his cards, is he? She answers, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, the son that Melka bore to Nahor, and she added, We have plenty of straw and fodder as well and room for you to spend the night. How beautiful that is. Do you see anything interesting? Underlined at least one phrase in that. That piques your interest that you would like to think about. And then verse 26, the man, what's the first thing this servant did? Right. Awesome. No? What's the first thing he did? He bowed down. And it had his own personal coming to God moment. God, you did see me. God, you did hear me. He bowed down. You know what? That's so right. Do we do that when God answers our prayer? This was public. Out in the middle of everywhere. He just fell down on his face. Praise be to God, the God of my master who has not abandoned his kindness and the faithfulness to my master. As for me, as for me, this is my highlighted double 
circled, underlined portion. And I want to challenge you, may this be for you. For as for me, the Lord has led me. He's led me. I'm just a servant. I'm not the big guy. He's led me. I want to say to you, are you having those moments? Would you like to? I think there's a scripture in the Bible. I think Jesus said it. Um, ask. Uh, how's that go? Ask and really ask and you shall receive. Wow, that's such a good deal. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Yeah. He asked and God answered like you promised. How, how often do we ask him to lead us? Is there an area in your life you need him to lead you? Stop and park in these moments. Say it. Be him. Fall on your face and say, God led me. A few weeks ago, one of the girls from Russia said, we're having a conference. Would you come? I said, I'm not ready. I can't come. Uh, well, I'll pray. And I prayed and I prayed. And every day I opened my word. God, speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me. And I had told this young Russian girl, I said, God speaks in many ways. He speaks in circumstances. He speaks through people. And sometimes all he does is remind you what he's already told you. For, so for five straight days, I, I ask. And he didn't speak. I expected him to put a moonlight or a sunbeam on, my, on the word. <laughs> and finally, at the last day, I had to make the decision. I said, speak, God, please. And then I remembered what I told Alina. I said, sometimes all God does is remind you what he's already told you. And I said, okay, God, now I'm going to try that. Uh, What have you already told me? It took a half of a millisecond for him to say the words, I told you to go and make disciples. And I said, I'm all in. I was driving, and I'm telling you, it was hard for me to keep my hands on the steering wheel because I had just had God speak to me. And I'm going in two weeks, and I'm only... (laughs) But you know what? I know he's sending me. This is an awesome moment. The girl ran and told her mother's household and and told Laban, her brother, and said, Come, come. And, oh, as soon as he had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms, had heard Rebecca tell what the man had said, he went out to the man and found him standing by the camels near the spring. Come, you who are blessed of the Lord, he said. Why are you standing out there? I've prepared the house and place for the camels. So the man ran to the house, and the camels were unloaded. Straw and fodder were brought for the camels and water for him and his men to wash their feet. Then food was set before him, but he said, listen to this, he said, I will not eat until I have told you what I have to say. Think about that. What lessons do you learn from that little moment? Then tell us, Laban said, and he said that 
my, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master. He has all this stuff, and he sent me on this mission. And my master made me swear an oath and said, You must not get a wife for my son from the daughters of Canaan, but go to my father's family. Verse 39, then he tells his testimony. He says, then I asked my master, what if the woman won't come back? And he replied, the Lord before whom I've walked will send his angel and make your journey successful that you can get a wife. Then when you go to my clan, you will be released if, they won't, if she won't come. Verse 42, when I came to the spring today, I had a moment with God. He's telling his testimony. Oh, God of my master Abraham, please grant success to the journey that I have come. See, I'm standing beside this spring. If a maiden comes to draw water, and he tells the story, and then he says in verse 45, before I finish praying, in my heart, Rebecca came out. She lowered her jar and said, drink, and I'll water your camels too. And I ask her, whose daughter are you? And what a story this is. In verse 50, Laban and Bethuel answered, this is from what? Let's, say, let's read that again. Laban and Bethuel answered, this is from the Lord. I'm telling you what a difference prayer made in this story. We can say nothing to keep you one way or the other. Here's Rebecca. Take her and go and let her become the wife of your master's son as the Lord has directed. This is a love story. It's a journey of faith. You have a bookmark with this amazing proverb for the day. Lay it along this story as you read. Because God invites us to trust him with all of our heart. And so take a few looks at the places you underline, the important moments, and write. Write your story. Dig deeper. Pause and think, what is God just teaching me about himself and about myself? And what can I apply? Okay, I'm going to give you a couple minutes to write, and then you're going to have a big, wonderful long time to discuss in your groups and in with prayer. So, um, and then maybe we can have the last couple minutes and Denise can come up and lead us in that song. Take me where my feet, take me deeper than my feet would ever wander, that my faith will be made stronger. Okay. Write down what you learn. Write and write. Write in your Bible if you can. Write down key phrases. What do you learn? Before you're done writing... Make sure you find one facet. What do you learn about God? Stand back this story. Maybe there's a particular moment. Maybe there's the overall. Don't make it just small and general. 
write one thing, and sometimes I write, I'm writing to God. I'm not writing about him. I'm writing to God. I'm saying, God, um, I see that you do see me. You do. You do hear those prayers. Write one thing that you learn about our great God of heaven and God of earth. And then if you're finished uh, with that, write at least one thing that's personal. Look at this story and, and make it personal. Bring it home. Do you see some, somewhere that you should apply, that you could apply, that you will apply, that you haven't applied in the past? One thing, make it all the way you. Bring it home. Okay, now it's time to share. And when I'm leading a discussion like this, I look down at those papers and I go, okay, fess up. What did you learn? So go for it. Share deep. Okay, I'm going to... Um, just to wrap us up so you have time to pray. But because it is the first night, um, I love it when groups won't stop talking. It's just the most exciting thing. <laughs> I love it, really. I, I do. Um, it's so exciting to hear this voice, this room go loud. Uh, but since this is the first time for some of you that are new, um, and um, you will find that I do think it's easier to have a one-year Bible. So I want to encourage you to take a look, uh, see if you want to try that. That's great. But, of course, you can use your Bible. But please do uh, try to read along. And here's some of the rules of the road and the bus. If you miss a couple days, important, do not give up. Don't try to catch up. Or you're just reading crazy and you're getting nothing out of it. And say with me, that's not the point. That's not the point. And if you didn't get a chance to read for some reason, show up. Do you see? We just took this text fresh, didn't we? And someone that had never read this in their entire life could jump in and have great fun and find great adventures. Is that true? So come, come, come. And here's your assignment. Bring others. I want to challenge you, everybody, invite someone new. And tell them that, that you come and uh, you can just jump in right where you are, even if you haven't pre-read. But on the other hand, read, dive in, have fun. But uh, we reserved a couple minutes to pray. Um, I want to encourage you. This is God time. If it's by yourself reading, have time with God. Process and have your own little bus stop with God. And sometimes prayer is silence. Just taking a lesson and looking, say, looking at this moment when the servant watched. And just say, God... Help me watch 
and then wait and let him bring images to your mind. So make prayer a part of your daily reading.